Good afternoon and welcome to Your DIY Health here on the Eurofolk Radio Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It's Wednesday, July 20th, 2022. And this program is meant to present nutritional information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. Check out the website, yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do it yourself. Health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. And at the top of the page is the information on the new iTeraCare device that we've been talking about. Things are flying off the shelves like hotcakes. And uh, I was on the phone till about 11.30 last night. It's been uh, developing a life of its own, but uh, for good reason. Uh, I haven't even got mine yet, and I can't wait. It's going to be, uh, I really think, a real game changer for virtually everybody that has one. And uh, from everything I've heard, uh, it's just going to be a wonderful thing. So check those things out. Uh, if you have any questions about it, uh, hit the Contact Me button, send an email, and uh, we'll see what we can do about getting your questions answered and getting you on the right track. Also, on the Radio Shows tab is the link to the archive page set up through castbox.fm. And there's over 850 shows up there now. You can share them all via email and social media. They're annotated as to what we talked about. So just have fun with that. Scroll down a little further, you see the information about the shows we do, when they're on, and how you listen. And at the bottom of the page is a link to the Facebook page set up for the show, as well as the Telegram channel. That being said, Roger wanted me to tell my driver's license story. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Well, before I do that, real quick, keep in mind the topics discussed and opinions mentioned on the show are those of the host and or guests and don't necessarily represent the opinions of the Eurofolk Radio Network, its owners or sponsors, or any of the alphabet agencies out there listening in. Nothing we say in the show should be construed as an attempt to diagnose, treat, or cure any kind of a health or wealth situation. It's all here for your education and entertainment purposes only, so that as a responsible adult, you can use this show as a jumping-off point to do your own research and due diligence to make sure that what you're doing and what you're trying is right for you. All righty then. Um, yeah, this has been a number of years ago. Oh, boy. Probably, I want to say almost, probably at least 10 years ago. But uh, I went to, to the uh, local deputy registrar and renewed my uh, plates and um, register my driver's license. And uh, back then they had you sign a little card that they then scanned and superimposed your signature on your driver's license with it. And I had a little teeny uh, rubber stamp in my pocket that said, um, uh, without prejudice, UCC 1-207, which was, at the time, that was the uh, reservation of rights. Now it's UCC 1-308. But anyway, I stamped that right next to my signature, and uh, they took it, no problem. And I uh, did the same thing uh, a while later. Actually, I think I did the plates at a different location uh, a little bit later. And... Um, then about um, well two or three weeks later, I guess, I my wife and I were out doing something somewhere, and we pulled in the driveway. And you have to realize that my driveway is 150 feet long. There's no trees or anything to speak of, and the opposite side of the road is nothing but farm fields. There's no place, and the closest house is 250 feet away. Uh, no place for anybody to hide or anything like that. But I pulled down my driveway and uh, opened the garage door and just, uh, I look up and in my rear view mirror is this car. I don't know where he came from. He just sort of materialized right there. It's like he beamed down. 
but uh, this dude is a um, uh, some sort of an agent for the Bureau of Motor Vehicles, and he has a color printout, 8.5 by 11, of my driver's license with the UCC 1-207 sticker on it, or stamp on it. And he says, you can't do that. I said, well, I did. <laughs> well, we won't accept it. You have to go back and get a new one. I said, oh, really? Why? Because you're not allowed to have anything other than your signature on that card. Well, said, so that's part of my signature. No. <laughs> and he said, basically, um, he said, you have to go back to the deputy registrar that issued your license. They will issue a new one uh, without the stamp. And um, I forget the whole story. There was some, a lot more because we ended up uh, emailing or faxing back and forth some stuff. You know, he sent me a copy of the Ohio Administrative Code that covered that kind of stuff. And I asked him some questions. I said, well, you know, if I can't reserve my rights, um, sounds like tyranny to me. Sounds like you're forcing me to do something I don't really want to do. And you're forcing me into an unconscionable contract. And it was like, you know, either do it or we're going to cancel your license and you won't have one. I should have said, go ahead. <laughs> of course, I didn't know then what I know now or I would have. But um, bottom line is I went back to the deputy registrar's office and they were not happy because they had to reissue something and they weren't getting paid for it again. Um, basically, the the, BM, or the, yeah, the BMVs uh, or Bureau of Motor Vehicles uh uh, take on it was you shouldn't have issued it this way in the first place therefore you're going to pay for another one on your own out of your own pocket as a lesson <laughs> but they were not happy they were on the phone with downtown and all kinds of stuff and finally said all right so they issued me a new license and i walked out and you know that was the end of it but boy i'll tell you what it was uh it was one of those things where like i said i wish i'd known then when i know now um would have been a whole different story but I was still doing a lot of learning and that kind of thing way back when and didn't really have a good grasp on what was going on. And I was still a slave uh, under the uh, um, uh, on the federal plantation, so to speak. You know. But anyway, that's, that's my driver's license story. Uh, not that it's any big deal, but it was just kind of funky that that guy just showed up out of nowhere. Um, I didn't see anybody sitting alongside the road or in a driveway or anything like that. He just down into my driveway right behind me and uh, there he was <laughs> it was really weird but if I dug through my computer I could probably find the uh, you know all the stuff that went back and forth between us because I keep all that junk somewhere but I've got 20 terabytes of hard drives hooked up to this thing so finding it would take forever but anyway that was my uh, driver's license story for what it's worth um, I've been trying to find a little video that someone sent me i can't remember who sent it or what form it was sent by and it's just funny as all get out and I, as a comedian who's uh, really ripping on the pro-vax people and for the life of me i can't figure out where it was at i wanted to play that today because it's so freaking funny i wanted to share it with you guys so you could pass it along to other people but i will keep looking and if i find the thing i will definitely uh, put it out there um John sent me something, John Kassarab sent me something this morning, uh, if I can figure out what I did with it. <laughs> oh, I had a separate window just for that, and I don't know where it went now. It's not underneath this. Good grief. Um, well, good heavens. Not there, not there, not there, not there. 
know, I'll just click the link again. Um, it was a bit shoot video and I don't know what you, you know, some people aren't, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Charlie Ward by any chance, but the guy does appear to have some decent guests from time to time. And this is about a 30 minute video. I haven't had a chance to view it, but uh, going on John's suggestion, it's basically did humankind just have its genome poison, more doctors demand investigation. And, um, I think one of the doctors is, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Dr. McCullough. And, um, but they're basically talking about how these jabs are messing with your genome. So I thought it might uh, at least play part of it here and uh, see what new information we've got. Let me see if this thing Tell us a little up. bit about the study that just came out of Sweden that is just so alarming. The news is buzzing out of uh, Lund University, Malmo, Sweden. Marcus Alden is the first author. The first demonstration in a human hepatic or liver cell line that the Pfizer vaccine, in fact, reverse transcribes and installs DNA into the human genome. Wow. And so in simple terms, what does that mean, Dr. Bartlett? <laughs> Basically, uh, there's an enzyme that can take that messenger RNA vaccine information and put it into the DNA of the person, into their DNA. Mm. And we were told that could not happen. So this is in a lab, but it's showing really? that the D, you remember the vaccine is messenger RNA. Yeah. And we were told that that messenger RNA could not go into your DNA, but this is showing that in, in a lab it can. And so what it happens when yeah. it does? If something is reverse transcribed and alters the DNA of a sperm or an egg, that DNA change, if that sperm or egg survives and turns into a human being, lasts forever. The entire human genome has been poisoned with a gene that has never been in the human genome ever in history. Pfizer, given at physiological concentrations in a hepatoma cell line, that Pfizer is actually taken up, the lipid nanoparticles are taken up in cells, and then the RNA is copied by a human reverse transcriptase called line one, and then the DNA mirror image of the Pfizer uh, product is taken into human chromatone and is taken into the nucleus. It's exceedingly likely that this is entirely installed into the human genome. Now, many labs are racing right now to confirm this, but this is extremely disturbing. We should never take genetic products on a mass scale that change the human genome or have the possibility to change the human genome. It should never be done. If you're pregnant and you have this done, can that then affect your baby? Yes, yes this is an alarming finding. The CDC says on its website very explicitly, this will not change your DNA. The paper that came out of Sweden, now there'll so be many more to confirm that. it, the first and thing. the steps are to A, confirm it, to confirm that the entire code is installed, and then to actually confirm that it's expressed, meaning that the spike protein now is continuously expressed from human cells. But because the lipid nanoparticles are taken up everywhere, that means somatic cells in your organs, but also your uh, gametocytes, actually the cells that actually are the sperm and the egg, if they are carrying it, that indeed means that in fact 
it could be passed mm-hmm. to the daughter cells. And, so and, that could uh, be, um, they showed that within six hours, these are, these are liver cancer cells that they exposed to the, to the RNA to make the spike protein. And they, within six hours, they had converted the RNA into DNA. And, and this is something I'm very fascinated by. And I've been doing a lot of research lately on something called um, polymerase theta. And polymerase theta is, up, is expressed in cancer cells. And polymerase theta is a, um, is a repair enzyme. It, it works uh, to repair DNA injuries. And in fact, there's other papers that are coming out now that even further support this idea, which is that um, there's some fascinating papers. I've found at least three papers from some 20 authors collaborating in China, Beijing, China, on the exposing the spike protein, you know, the, basically the vaccine, exposing it to five um, cells in the uh, lungs. And those cells end up uh, forming what's called syncytia. These cells uh, end up several cells merging into one giant cell and collaborating, blending all their nuclei together and spitting out micronuclei, which are evidence of severe DNA damage. So they showed that the, the spike protein by itself causes these cells to, to create this giant cell and to, um, and to have de- severe DNA damage and to um, release uh, inflammatory agents that are going to cause a lot of damage to surrounding cells. And they become what's called um, senescent. They, they reach a stage of senescence, which is really, really interesting because senescence um, is, a, uh, is a stage that cells are in when they refuse to multiply anymore. They stop reproducing, but they don't die. And they continue to live. And in living, they release in, inflammatory agents. So they, they cause a situation of chronic inflammation in this senescent state. And they're induced into the senescent state by the spike protein because they suffer from so much DNA damage, they don't dare reproduce anymore. And that is a very dangerous place to be. And so I've been looking at all kinds of research on senescence and senescent um, you know, neurons in the brain, senescent uh, cells you know, in, in, in the body and the tissues, senescent uh, immune cells that become incompetent, immune incompetent. So I'm predicting that all the cells that are uh, that tend to multiply a lot, and that includes cancer, includes these fibroblasts, it includes all the immune cells. They multiply. They 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 make new copies of themselves. They're very susceptible to DNA damage, especially when they're exposed to that spike protein. So I'm predicting uh, several several consequences from that. It's just mind boggling. But the fact is that this state, um, this DNA damage, provo- makes the cell produce this thing called uh, polymerase theta which is a fascinating protein that is involved with DNA repair, but makes a lot of mistakes and which comes into play when the other repair methods have failed. And it, um, it causes um, very big genetic uh, mutations moving around of the genomes into different places. It can't, doesn't no longer keeps the genome intact and that produces these micronuclei. And this protein polymerase theta is upregulated in cancer cells like breast cancer cells. They produce more of it because they're struggling with DNA damage, trying to fix the DNA. They end up with a lot lot of big problems. And the polymerase theta has only recently been shown to be able to convert RNA to DNA. That's the important punch point of this story. That protein is very good at taking, starting from RNA, making DNA, and it needs to do that in the process of repairing these DNA breaks. What that means is it could take foreign RNA to stick it into the human genome. And that foreign RNA could be the spike protein RNA. So this is this part's theoretical, but it it's all there. I mean, the research is done to show that it's possible. And that the paper that you referred to showed that it happens, that the RNA gets converted to DNA by cancer cells. 
It could be polymerase theta that's doing that. There's also line one that's overexpressed in cancer cells and also can convert RNA into DNA. Then the question is whether that DNA goes into the genome or not. And, and that's an open question right now. But with this uh, story, with the, with the RNA, um, the, the uh, polymerase theta, it makes a lot of sense to me that can put foreign RNA into DNA in the genome. So it has the capability to do that with the RNA that the spike protein, that codes for the spike protein. And then you could have essentially, ultimately you could have a, a genome, human genome that can make um, spike protein. And what the consequences of that, I have no idea, but you could even pass that on down to the future generations and it could become a permanent feature in their DNA. That's not beyond the realm of, you know, that's not impossible. Don't we don't understand enough about, you know, these things. And we, we have no business fooling around with this kind of technology without adequate knowledge about how it works. They're made with CRISPR-Cas9. Now, what's the big deal? I keep hearing CRISPR-Cas9. What's the big deal about that? Well, this is the technology they use to make GMO crops. Now, people need, just so people know, I mean, you know, when you hybridize in the old days, when we wanted to make bigger apples, you found your best apple out of your tree and you saved the seeds and you then you made sure that that tree pollinated with another tree that had really good apples and you could make, you could crossbreed them, but it wasn't gene splicing, okay? That's a safe way to do this, okay, for the most part. But what they did is now with, with gene splicing, which is an old term now, they would just kind of crudely cut and put things in, like the GMO potato, which is a nightmare. They'd see what happened. They'd see what the result was. It was kind of very crude. But now um, they have this. But here's the problem. Even if you got the right gene in, and, and now you've got, let's say I want to make a sweeter apple. So I've got the new gene in the apple. Then I breed it with a wild apple, right? Another of the same species, but wild apple. Well, what happens is only 50% of that offspring has the gene. And then when they when they breed some more, again, only 50 percent of that. Off. So now 25 percent of the second generation and then 12 and a half percent of the third generation. So it dilutes out in the population. It's not a very wow. effective way to to actually make GMO crops. Uh, what you do is with CRISPR Cas9. And it's kind of complicated, at, even above my level of understanding completely about how, but it, it makes double cuts in DNA in such a way that every one of your offspring will have this new gene. And then wow. every one of their offspring will have this new gene, and every one of them. So in roughly 10 generations, everybody's got the new gene. Now, you know, and it doesn't take very many years in something like an apple or even quicker in, a, in, a, in peas or something you can grow very quickly. But how about humans? If we are giving, which we have very good evidence that they're putting a gene that we don't know what it is into us, and more than one probably, um, this gene is going to be, if you put it, if you took it or your children took it and they're going to be lucky enough to not be sterile and have children, their children will have that gene. And that gene has now become, they, they become what's, what are called gene drive individuals. They're the people that started the cast. They have cast nine. So they're a gene drive individual. That means they will push that gene out to every one of their offspring. And within 10 generations or roughly 200 to 300 human years, our whole human race will be taken over with whatever gene they put into us. One of the things that I talked about when talking about cancer was reverse transcriptase. How the story that you've been told that mRNA doesn't change the DNA is a lie. Because bodies, human bodies, 
has something called reverse transcriptase, which can turn mRNA into DNA. And once something is turned into DNA, it can change the cell for the rest of that cell's life. The problem, as was leaked by a Japanese study last summer, was that the lipid nanoparticles made here in UBC with your money, they were designed to target three organs, the liver, the spleen, and ovaries. And here's the thing, had I kept thinking about reverse transcriptase, talking about reverse transcriptase, I would have realized four months ago that ovaries have reverse transcriptase too. So any mother, any mother-to-be, even if she is not pregnant yet, if she gets an mRNA vaccine, that mRNA, if it's using the UBC technology, the UBC lipid nanoparticle technology, those mRNAs are going to go to the ovaries. And guess what? In the eggs, there's reverse transcriptase. And when there's reverse transcriptase, that spike protein mRNA gets changed into DNA. And when it's changed into the DNA, it can go inside the egg cells and permanently change the DNA for future generations. There are things throughout the human genome called non-reading frames. There's DNA that stays silent, that is never transcribed into proteins until the next generation. So if that spike protein DNA created from spike protein mRNA from the Pfizer or Moderna jabs, if that gets inserted into a non-reading frame, that mutation is silent. It is hidden inside the DNA of that egg cell, which means an embryo, when that egg cell is fertilized, can grow into a normal embryo, a normal child, a normal adult, except for one thing. There is a hidden spike protein mutation in the DNA that the adult doesn't know about because it's silent and it'll only show up when that adult tries to have another child. And then DNA goes undergoes something called recombination where nature mixes the genes from that adult's mother and father to create a new human being. And during that mixing process, sometimes silent DNA segments get reactivated. Five billion people have been injected so far on this planet. The spike protein has been put into the human genome into at least 1.25 billion people on this planet. And if that gene is silent, there's no way that I can tell that that gene is there. I won't be able to tell until problems start happening. 
in the children and grandchildren and the great-grandchildren. This is the magnitude of evil we are dealing with. We are dealing with people who have the money, the power, to pollute the entire human genome. You know, that's the biggest tragedy here because not only are we killing people with this, but we are inflicting them with artificial DNA and RNA that MIT now admits can be intercalated into our DNA permanently. And one of the things I found was there was a, an article uh, called um, Self-Disseminating Vaccines for Emerging Infectious Diseases. No, I mean, what they did is they... They, they want to get rid of, apparently there's these big mice outbreaks in Australia that just occur overnight. So they want to decrease the mice population, mouse population. So they, they captured a bunch of these mice. They, they injected them with these self-disseminating vaccines. And then they, that sterilized the mice by killing the, the female ovaries. Then those mice went out into nature and they shed on other mice. It's not apparently airborne. And that's a point about what's happening to us now. It's by contact. So they shed on them and then those mice became sterile. And then they, they, the bigger group, and then they shed on yet even a bigger group of mice and they became sterile. And then it kind of petered out in the population. If you look at how those self-replicating um, immunogenic contraceptives, they're called, how they work, they, it's built just like the J&J &J vaccine. They're DNA, these were DNA vaccines that were made out of a, what they call a replicant deficient species specific virus. Yes. And it was meant to shed and to cause problems with other viruses. And they have another paper about the numbers. If I want to decrease the, the animal population by this percent, and I know the birth and death rate, this is how many people are that was a Freudian slip, how many animals I have to capture and, and inject in order to have it go through the population and sterilize and, and decrease the population by this amount. To me, that's a very worrisome study, especially when you marry it up with a Japanese study that was done on pharmacokinetics, and it showed that these agents, which everybody in vaccine research must have known about, the people that say they thought it stayed in the arm have to be lying, um, and it showed that these things um, uh, distributed 64 times in the ovary versus the skeletal muscle. I don't think you could be this clueless if you were really involved in the de development of this stuff, because I can read science. I went back and I looked when they started talking about vaccines. I started looking about the basic science, how they were doing this. And at that time, the Novavax site, Novavax makes this lipoprotein coating that houses the DNA that's the or an RNA that's the that's the, the genetic component of this. These were developed to be genetic therapies and oncolytic therapies. In that regard, you can't have them just sit in the arm. And you also can't have them just randomly go places. They have to be targetable. And Novavax, they call it the, the beautiful, you've got this name, the, 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 this lipoprotein coating that they've developed is called Matrix M. And they bragged about how it was, it was targetable. So... We have a targetable agent that goes to the that, that now is going to the ovaries, and that is very similar in construction to this depopulation of mice agent that was done. When we go over here to Pfizer and Moderna down here at the bottom, you'll see this arrow goes over here to a lipid nanoparticle. This is a cholesterol and fat molecule put together surrounding the mRNA. That will just simply fuse to the cell, and you see a whole lot of mRNA here, and that's because when the virus comes in, you maybe get hundreds or thousands, 
but when these lipid nanoparticles from Pfizer and Moderna come in, they carry 13.1 billion. They go through the same process of getting the ribosomes and making spike proteins and getting to the T cells and later to the B cells for antibodies, but they also go straight up into the nucleus. And we now know for a fact that uh, some secondary studies have been done that came out in the last few weeks that show that this mRNA from the either the virus itself or from the uh, vaccines gets incorporated into our human DNA and all but three sets of our chromosomes. So of 23 sets of chromosomes, we now have data that shows it gets into all but three. Genetic material is being injected into your cells and as you've all heard, turns your cells into the manufacturing plant for making the spike protein, SARS-CoV-2 whether it be from the virus or from the vaccines, reverse transcribes or gets into our human DNA. This virus, whether it be the virus itself or the vaccines, inserts itself into all but three of our 23 sets of chromosomes. Chromosome 8, 15, and 20 still seem to be protected or not, not transcribed, but we now know that giving this to people, we'll get it into our human DNA. So all those questions about does it or doesn't it, it does. One of the articles I was reading was supposedly a leak from a Moderna production line engineer and one of his colleagues. And what he leaked out onto 4chan was that he was a production line engineer and manager and on the Moderna production line in December of 2020, this is when the first vaccines were being rolled out, he noticed something very unusual. There were manual ad ingredients. And that's very out of the ordinary for a vaccine that they're trying to make millions of doses for. If they're making millions of doses of something, they dump the ingredients into the machine, Go home, have a coffee, come back the next day, collect the pre-filled vials. But unlike any other vaccine or production line that he was involved with, the Moderna vaccines had manually added ingredients that no one knew about. So he looked into it. One of the supposed ingredients he alleged on his 4chan post was a mRNA for a protein called cytochrome P19A. And there was another one whose acronym I actually don't remember right now. But what was significant is these are two proteins that are involved in ovaries, in having ovaries be able to ovulate and develop successful eggs. People who have mutated versions of these proteins, they have premature ovarian failure. They can't have kids. <clears throat> they don't ovulate. And any eggs that they do ovulate can't turn into embryos. And I thought to myself, this is like pure evil. Like why would they be deliberately putting on top of spike protein genes into their vaccines, now they're putting infertility genes? You had three mRNAs, according to this Moderna engineer, in the injections. A spike protein and two proteins for mutated versions of ovarian proteins. And one of the other ingredients that this production engineer said was going in it was something that I had never known even existed. And that's for a reverse transcriptase stimulator.
they found an activator, and they were putting that in the Moderna injections, according to this production engineer. So I thought to myself, why on God's earth would they put a reverse transcriptase stimulator into the injections? unless they intentionally wanted all the mRNAs in their injections to be permanently integrated into the DNA. That's the spike protein and two proteins to inhibit successful healthy ovaries from doing their job. And this is a lipid nanoparticle that every single one of us paid to create because this was made at UBC. It was researched and developed at UBC. First, the lipid nanoparticle targets the spleen, then the liver, and then ovaries. Those were the three organs that the lipid nanoparticles ended up in the highest concentrations when they looked at the rats after 48 hours. 48 hours after the injection, liver, spleen, and ovary. Now, you can't tell me that's a coincidence. Two inhibitors of ovulation and a lipid nanoparticle that's designed to carry that mRNA to the ovaries? If something is reverse transcribed and alters the DNA of a sperm or an egg, that DNA change, if that sperm or egg survives and turns into a human being, lasts forever. The entire human genome has been poisoned with a gene that has never been in the human genome ever in history. The genetic alteration we know about is the spike protein and then maybe these two other mRNA sequences that were inserted into the Moderna injections. I do not know if Pfizer did the same thing. Now, if that spike protein gets put into a transcribed region of the DNA, and a transcribed region of the DNA is the part of the DNA that's in everyone's body that's active, that's making proteins. The part of the DNA that's being used to make fingernails, hair, proteins for my brain to keep thinking, digestion proteins. Those are reading frames, they call it, because the body reads the DNA and makes proteins based on what it read. There's something else in the DNA called a non-reading frame. Those are parts of the DNA that are silent, that are not transcribed. And the spike protein appears to be so toxic that if an embryo ever had a spike protein gene, that spike protein DNA reverse transcribed from spike protein mRNA, that embryo would probably die because it's making spike proteins instead of new fingers, new arms, new legs, new feet. However, if that spike protein gene ends up in a non-reading frame, that embryo has a good chance of growing up to be a perfectly healthy baby, a perfectly healthy child, a perfectly healthy adult because that 
spike protein DNA is hidden in an inactive part of the DNA. But that doesn't mean that we're all clear. Because every generation, when a new embryo is made, there's something called recombination, where the genes from mothers and the genes of fathers are mixed together. And when recombination happens, genes that were previously inactive can get reactivated. So now all of a sudden, even though you had a healthy child who grew up into a healthy adult who's able to have kids, the grandkids are going to be suffering from spike protein problems because their DNA has been tainted because of what happened here in the past two years. This has never been done in human history that we know about before. That a genetic toxin has been put into the entire human genome. A genetic toxin that is capable of hiding and skipping generations. This is what has been done to us. What are you going to do about that? Are we going to tell that child, nope, your mom got a genetic in injection. You might be a silent carrier of a genetic experiment created by Pfizer. We can't let you have children, otherwise this genetic poison created by the pharmaceutical industry will continue to plague the entire human species for the rest of eternity. Can we say that to a child? I don't think I have the heart to. What's the alternative? That we have this genetically evil product that's been placed into human beings, into the entire human species through deceit. Do we have that for the rest of eternity? I don't know. My hope is that at some point science and technology might be able to pick all those genetic contaminants, all those spike protein DNAs out of someone's body. But according to the science and genetics I've learned, that's a near impossible task. Because if someone grows into a successful human being, from an embryo that has a silent insertion of spike protein DNA, every cell in their body also has that hidden segment of spike protein DNA. And pulling that out of every cell of someone's body, that's not a technology that I'm aware of. Well, that was an abrupt stopping, <laughs> but it quit. That's some scary stuff, man. But uh, thanks to D, I have, if I can find it here, let's get it going. Um, I have that video I was telling you about. And given what we just listened to, I think we need to hear something a little bit lighter. Here we go. Well, the vaccinators, you were real cocky a couple months ago. You I got vaccinated. <laughs> Got my second shot, April 19th. 
can't get sick from the corona. I'm vaccinated. See this bucket of virus? I'm vaccinated. I'll even lick metal. I'm not afraid of anything. I don't have to wear a mask. Uh, people vaccinated are getting sick. What? You need a new booster. What? <laughs> Who wants a shot? Who wants to see a ball game? Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> it's even better when you see it uh the links are for both the uh, the last two videos i did the long one on the covid shots and the short one on the comedian they're all both on the telegram channel and they're both in the chat room um the one uh, for this video i just played the comedian was the thing that d posted uh uh at uh 13 14 ish thereabouts i think um, if you scroll up in the chat, you'll see it, uh, 1313. And, uh, right above that, I think is the one that I posted for the, or did I? No, 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 no. I think, well, maybe you did. Yeah. I guess that's the one, uh, yeah, right above D's comment at 1258, uh, I posted the one, uh, for the, uh, thing we just saw with the, about the shots. So it's all in the chat room now, and um, that's some scary stuff. This stuff is going to hang on literally everybody who's gotten one of these things. It's literally the gift that never stops giving, and uh, it's going to be bad. Down the road, you're going to see all kinds of weird stuff. You know, the, the people that just died flat out, I think, are the lucky ones, but... Um, those that are dealing with the aftermath of the jabs and those that uh, uh, are silly enough to try and procreate, it's going to get bad. Is uh, does someone want to say something? I'm hearing a bunch of clicking around and stuff. Fellow Jitzer, okay. Please keep yourself muted unless you got unless you have something you want to say. Um, yeah, Jim, I yeah. have something. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, hey, um, not to rain on anybody's parade or, you know, let them not be as afraid as they want to be, but I've been watching this thing for two years, and how many rabbit trails do they create just by sending out controlled ops to start screaming? I mean, after a while, it sounds like Dorothy, you know, lions, tigers, and bears, and it, it's just, I think a lot of this is meant to make, make people paranoid, 
Number two, the Vax people, when they catch up, they'll be afraid to have kids. Mission accomplished. Um, I think a lot, and Lee Merritt is a tranny. That is a controlled op. And if, if you guys have looked into it at all, but Lee Merritt, I wouldn't give her any merit about what she's saying. But I'm just saying, I think they're trying to create a lot of fear to paralyze people. Yeah, it could be that, you know, the, I can see that as far as the, um, the, the alleged COVID whatnot, but it doesn't make sense to have people on the, uh, well, like, well, like Lee Merritt saying what, uh, Peter McCullough was saying, like Sherry Tenpenny, um, they're out there telling the truth about what's going on because they're saying basically the same thing. And you right. may not care for Lee Merritt, but she's just saying the same thing that people like Sherry Tenpenny and I trust her implicitly. Um, yeah, well, just watching these people, and uh, I've got oodles of them, but I've had too many to keep track of. But uh -huh. I've got Masonic hand signs, all these people flashing them. Yeah, well, so the thing is, And though, they have to give some truth, Jim. Otherwise, you're not going to believe them. So they do. They send them out with some truth, and, uh, and then they put in the hook. And that, uh, but I think the, the general picture is just scare the hell out of people to get them paranoid. Well, yeah, but again, the issue is I can see that when it comes to the so-called illness, but it's not making any sense to tell people the truth about what's going on so that they'll be paranoid. You know, right. Just... But when it goes back to China and everything, first of all, we know China's, that's, that's a lie. It didn't mm -hmm. come from China. Well, you it know, came it out of China stay. after we put it there. <laughs> we well, funded the whole thing. It didn't have to come out of China. No, it didn't have to. It was an American and, virus. And that's part of the story. Scare the hell out of people with a Wuhan lab. There, is, there are no bioweapons uh, except for vaccines. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I know germ theory and I know terrain theory. It's terrain theory. And they yeah. don't have contagious germs. Right. It's, well, that's what I've been yeah. saying all along. Right, you know, they, but they, they had do to create have toxins. The, they had to create this alleged illness so that they could get people to take the, the toxic jabs. That was the whole thing all along. Right, and, and half the population believes in germ theory, so that's easy. But if it's tied in... 99% of the population and, believes in germ theory. Yeah, exactly, which is why they're winning. But, you know, to even have these people, they were, they're sitting there, it's done in China. And do you notice how breathlessly they all speak? I mean, to me, that's a dead giveaway. They're just, you know, fanning flames of fear. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if people want to be scared, you know, I, I know it's terrain theory and I'm not taking vaccines, so I got nothing right. to worry about. Yeah, but they do have 99% of the people are going to freak out and go, oh, we can't have kids because of this. And mission accomplished. Well, either way, yeah. You know, you have the ones but, that are going to procreate I mean, one way or the other, and then look you get the Lee ones Merritt, that are afraid to. Anybody with, with, even without my glasses, I can tell that's a tranny. Mm -hmm. And that, that, to me, is uh, the first strike against her. But every, every five minutes, she's on with something new about DNA. And I don't know. I've got four years of university. I have a year of genetics. And it's not easy to start making DNA. Because if they could, they wouldn't have uh, to use adrenochrome. They would just give you new DNA and you would keep living forever and ever. <laughs> so Heaven help I us think if there's a lot of misnomers that. in this. Pardon? Heaven help us if they ever do that. Right. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if they, if they can make DNA to do bad things, they can make DNA to do good things. But they can't do either.
Uh, it just can't be messed with. It's it's a lot tougher. But it, it sounds good to a public that may not know and is inclined to be fearful. But anyway, that's my take on it. But everybody okay. be as scared as you want to. Appreciate I'm it. not going to be. Yeah, there's no reason to be fear, fearful. You know, that's the whole thing. And I could care less, personally. <laughs> you know, this stuff is... It's all there for public consumption. Simple as that. And it doesn't affect the people that haven't been jabbed. You know, at this point. Yeah. But that's the key. You know, and regardless of what your reason is for not being jabbed, whether you're afraid to, you know, that it's going to mess up your DNA or you just don't want to take toxic crap into your body, uh, I think that's just a common sense, you know, idea that people should consider. You know, the people that take these jabs and hear this stuff and then are afraid to have babies, that's fine with me because, you know, if you were stupid enough to take the jab, I don't really want you <laughs> reproducing. Yeah, uh, we don't want them breeding. <laughs> yeah, you know, simple as that. You end up with more Democratic voters. But not that I worry about that either because, you know, it is what it is. But anyway, you know, that's uh, just something that... You know, like I said, John and Kathy suggested, and I said, eh, it looks okay, but, uh, you know, we'll see where it goes. Let's see hey, what Jim? Yeah. Doug here. Yeah, go ahead, Doug. Yeah, so I found uh, the uh, the scientific audio thing there very interesting and kind of illuminating. I can kind of understand a lot of these things. Uh, number one, uh, you know, the guy said, and, and I'm not poo-pooing what the guy said. I, I think it's probably true, a lot of it. Uh, but I'm a scriptural guy. So, number one, mm -hmm. he says, it, you know, it'll be impossible <laughs> for any technology right. to uh, get this out of you. Well. See, nothing is impossible for our Heavenly Father, number one. Number two, excuse me, <clears throat> number two is no weapon formed against thee shall, you know, get victory over you. That's another scripture. So who's more powerful, the scientists that can do this stuff or him? Number three, one of the things how this affects it kind of affected me uh, was I've always wondered about how these uh, fallen angels came down and inseminated females and were able to create these uh, giants. Well, what I took away from it as a possible uh, um how they could do it is if they can, I mean, this guy was very specific, obviously knowledgeable. You got this gene, you got this thing here, very specific. Obviously, they've discovered these through uh, examinations. Well, imagine these fallen angels who helped the creator, the father, create uh, everything. They would probably know A to Z on how to do this. Okay, like he, when he spoke about 
you know, or it's not this generation, it happens in the next generation, and that's when the spike protein and all this. Well, these beings who helped the father, they were involved in it uh, to create mankind, I'll say, uh, they would know A to Z. So I've always wondered, well, how did that happen? You know, how could a giant come out of a regular woman but you see the progress of it. The, in other words, it, it comes out as looking like a normal baby, but then the process kicks in that they design in it, in, in the whatever you call it, the genetics or the process. And so I think that's how that uh, took place there, where you could just have you know, very large people and uh, that's what I took away from, from his explanation. It's not, um, in other words, obviously, he's only talking about whatever, a, a couple of genes or a couple of spike proteins or something like this. But if they know everyone, every single cell, every protein, then they could, these fallen angels, they could just tweak it however they want they wanted to and then the process would go on and that's why a lot of people criticize the heavenly father giving instructions to the israelite people to kill everything in a particular city etc you know the animals the children the the females the males and i think well i think that's why he did that because this genetic process had been uh, instigated and and uh, created with these people. I mean, we're in a time right now where this knowledge uh, is has come about, where they're manipulating the, the genomic uh, process changing it from what was originally designed to a monster in a sense and so uh uh it's, it's it is it's scary and the last thing i'll say jim i've mm -hmm. been of course i have not been jabbed but i've been around a lot of people because there's a lot of people that have been jabbed and i have I, I guess, I, I assume it's shedding. Now, I haven't been sick at all or debilitated to where, you know, I, I can't do my, what I, my normal life. But I can tell you, I'm a very aware person of my body. And I know that, uh, I mean, the last time I shook this guy's hand and I knew he'd been jabbed. And for probably two or three weeks, uh, right after that, uh, I experienced some uh, deleterious uh, health things. It, just not having the energy um, that I normally have. And, you know, I'm not a young guy. So I've, I've lived a lot of years and I, I don't just come down with something suddenly Jim you know I, I haven't probably been to a doctor in 40 years or more 
-hmm. But when I notice being around a vax person, uh, I shouldn't have touched the guy, you know, shook his hand, but I did. And, um, and then like, you know, I, there, I notice that there's something going on there that's not, not, uh, normal. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, no fun. And that you're not the only one. A lot of people have been around vax people and, you know, I'm not saying it's a spike protein or anything, but there's a toxin that they apparently are exuding that uh, is causing people to have this uh, detoxification effect known as COVID sure. or whatever. Well, wasn't it, uh, was, was it Dr. Uh, Judy Day? I forget which one, but she said it's not called. Um, uh, it's not shedding, it's what? transmission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Dr. Tenpenny, and I think it might, Judy yeah. Mikevitz may be saying that too. Paul, did you have something yeah. you want to say? Uh, yeah, I've, I've similarly uh, experienced. I, I mean, I don't leave the house very often, like maybe once every couple of weeks or once a month. And invariably, after I've been out and come back, you know, I'm, I'm feeling off for at least three to seven days afterward. But uh, I'm wondering if there's anyone else uh, in here that, uh, that remembers a report. I don't know if it was a video or if it was a report or whatever. It was something that I saw like five, five or six years ago, maybe 10. Um, my memory is good. It's just really short. Um, and uh, it was about an, an interview with an alien, an interview with, uh, you know, like a, like a kind of a gray kind of a, like a small stature alien. And when they asked the alien, where do you, where do you come from? You know, uh, what, what's your home planet? And the answer they got was earth 250 years in your future. And you <laughs> 250 years from now. Yeah. Do, does anybody else remember that? Because no. I distinctively, I distinctively remember hearing it. Hmm. No, I haven't heard that one. But, you know, he's talking 10 generations, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's reasonable to assume that 10 generations would be 250 years. Mm -hmm. So, but, and this was a little short guy. So I don't think we're going back the giant way, like, like uh, <laughs> Doug was talking about. I think we're just going to get smaller. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Waste away to nothing. I know I'm not going to be around to see it, so I'm not going to worry. <laughs> yeah. That no. was just something that I thought I'd throw in there. Yeah, I just wanted to read something I just got uh, last night um, from one of my uh, Longevity customers. Uh, about a month or so ago, she got uh, stuff signed. She signed up for her herself, her husband, her son, and daughter. She and her daughter have been taking it uh, consistently every every day for over a month, and uh, her husband and son haven't. And I think um, you may have heard her talking about that a little bit at the end of the call, yet, at the end of the show yesterday. Um, but basically, uh, the husband and son got sick with something, probably who knows what they're calling COVID or some kind of thing, and she was she was sick for a week or two. But she said she just went to visit their 22-year-old daughter. Haven't seen her in over a month because um, 
who was sick when she came over two weeks ago. Um, she's been suffering from severe hair loss for years. And that was the first thing that she noticed uh, when she uh, went to see her yesterday was that her hair is so thick. OMG, she even smiled and touched her hair and said it hasn't felt this good since she was 10 years old. I'm crying. It worked. I knew it would. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And <laughs> she's going to send before and after pictures. So that's just one more thing that science-based, clinically verified medical nutrition can do. Um, you know, and that's the thing. You know, a lot of people suffer from hair loss. And that's an indication that your body is severely nutrient deficient. Because the, the body considers the hair to be a luxury, so to speak. It's unnecessary other than as a decoration. And if you are really deficient, the first thing that's going to go is your hair. It's going to draw the things that normally would support the hair and send it places where it's necessary for the, you know, for the operation and sustaining the body. And when she got on the nutrients, the, the nutrient deficiencies were reversed. And all of a sudden, the body was now able to uh, start producing hair again. And it did. And uh, so that's just an outward sign that the inward parts are getting what they need. And now her, uh, her body is starting to uh, rebound from, uh, from where it was in severe deficiency to now she's got thick, luxurious hair again. Better than since she was 10 years old. She's 22, so 12 years ago. That's uh, saying quite a bit. And I noticed the same thing when I started taking this stuff. Um, my bald spot started filling in a little bit, you know, a little here, a little there, uh, slowly but surely. And uh, I'm trying some other things now. When I get my um, iTerra device, I'm going to be hitting the top of my head with it uh, just, for, just for the fun of it, just to see what happens. Because anything that this thing can do, you know, the, you know, the, it develops a, a track record of. It's something that other people can be helped with. So anyway, I just want to throw that in there. Do us, do us a favor. When you get the iTerra device, do an A-B comparison. Only treat half your head. <laughs> the top half or the bottom half? <laughs> no, well, just do the center and then you have a tomahawk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Well, the, I told a buddy of mine, a good friend of mine, he's my age, we're like a month apart. Mm -hmm. And I told him about longevity some years, about four years ago, probably around the time I started taking it. And uh, he got on with someone else. He, he must have researched it and he got on with someone else. So over the last two years, you know, he's just. It, his gray hair mm -hmm. is going back to he's naturally black haired. Yeah. So he's just all excited about his the hair on his head. He's got plenty, mm -hmm. but it turning black again. Oh yeah. And it just progressively is turning back to black. Yeah, that's copper. You know, copper does two things. It uh, deals with the pigmentation of your hair and skin, and it also deals with the flexibility of your blood vessels and skin and soft tissue. And if you have gray, silver, white hair, then you can almost bet you've got aneurysms forming on your blood vessels, which is not a good sign. And uh, Wallach used to talk to people like Adkins, the guy that developed the Atkins diet. He had hair like you know, uh, Einstein, you know, wild white hair. 
And he says, if you don't do something about that, you're going to die of a ruptured aneurysm. Ah, you're crazy. You're sniffing glue, Wallach. Next thing you know, Wallach's in the airport reading the paper, and here's the obituary. His old Atkins died of a ruptured aneurysm, you know. And that's the same thing that uh, Einstein died of. Uh, because if you don't have the stuff you need to support the health of the blood vessels and your soft tissue, then it's going to pull from the hair. Again, the hair is the last thing it worries about, and it doesn't care about the pigment of the hair, so basically it's going to pull everything from there and send it where it can, but if you don't have enough, it's just not going to be able to do anything. And um, that's people, if they got spider veins, uh, varicose veins, hemorrhoids, same deal. That's a copper deficiency. Go ahead. And you know what, Jim? Uh, what? Regarding that, even the Itera device, mm-hmm. um, it's going to try to restructure and put things right. But, you know, it's like a balloon. A balloon is made to have air in it and it floats and whatever. Mm-hmm. Your body's made to operate so and so. If you don't have the nutrients, Oh, yeah. uh, the Itera device isn't going to... Now, the T-cells will help, you know, the manufacture of them, mm-hmm. but you just ha- you got to have the ingredients. I mean, exactly. You know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I would never say don't take the supplements because of this thing. Yeah. Uh, they will, they'll they'll um, work hand in hand. You know, the people that are taking the supplements will have much better results than the people that aren't. Um, you have to have nutrients to, for the blood mar- bone marrow to work to produce uh, stem cells. And, you know, the, the system can do its thing, you know, helping to release them and that kind of stuff and stimulate blood f- circulation, but it all goes back to make sure that you have the raw materials in the first place. So definitely this is not a, um, uh, a, a replacement for nutrition by any stretch of the imagination. But it is something that will, um, you know, accentuate the effects of the nutrition. There's no question in my mind. I think it's going to be very interesting. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to uh, getting it mm-hmm. and that yeah. uh, and, and trying it out. I mean, the, the thing is, you know, people like us, I'm a... I have, you know, done so much, so many years of uh, holistic uh, treating people with different modalities. And when you hear about something like this, your mind starts flashing. It can help (laughs) this person. It can help that person. I have to let, like last week I met with uh, a family uh, to look at a a job uh, they were asking me to look at and possibly do. Mm-hmm. All black people, like eight black people, showed up, and uh, this little house, and the uh, the sister is in charge, and she's probably my age. I'm not sure, but she's an older lady, and her brother is with her, but he's walking down in a uh, with a, a sophisticated cane because he had a stroke. Mm-hmm. So I start hearing about this, and I'm thinking. I'm going to call, you know, once I get this thing and prove it out. And then I'm going to call this lady and say, hey, you know, you need to look into this for your brother. You know, because when you when you live love, when you're about love, which is our father's nature, Mm -hmm. you want to help 
all of life. Exactly. Plants, animals, one another. And you don't, you're not biased in your choosing of it. You're just looking like, how can I help? Mm-hmm. You know, how can I heal this person? Um, you know, it's a, it's a, um, an occupation in the sense of just helping. Yeah. You know, easing uh, the burdens of people. Yeah, there's no limit to the number of people we can help with this. And that's the beauty of the fact that they've kept the price point low enough that just about anybody can afford one compared to some of these other things, you know, the Rife machines, the Halos, the the Heelys, the, the, the Beamers. Great stuff, great technology, but way out of the reach of most people. And uh, yeah. this is something that just about anybody can get uh, without too much trouble, which is the beauty of the whole system. Brent, did you have something you want to say? Yeah, if you guys remember the late Dr. Robert Beck, um, he mm-hmm. did the blood electrification mm-hmm. for getting rid of viruses and what have you. He had always cautioned uh, not to take supplements. Uh, somehow, I guess that process throws them out of control hmm. or magnifies you know, what they do. Uh, and he specifically was getting on garlic, you know, with pilots and what have you. If they do blood electrification, then if they take garlic or something like that, it really throws them off. I don't know how, but, you know, he just cautioned against that. Well, considering a lot of the minerals are metallic minerals, if you, if you take them in the, the way most people do, they get the ground-up rock at the grocery store. Um where plant-derived, I don't think it would have that effect. The other thing is, if you're doing the right nutri- nutri- uh, nutrition, then you don't need to do the blood electrification. <laughs> oh, and also, uh, back to what Paul had said about uh, the, the humans uh, being mm-hmm. smaller in the future, like 250 years in the future, it brings to mind, let's get small. <laughs> <laughs> what's that um, uh, what's his name um, oh shoot Steve I was Martin. thinking Zappa oh, okay. Steve Martin it was somebody I thought Steve, Steve Martin, Martin talked about that too <laughs> uh, yeah I love Steve Martin that guy's crazy I go back and watch every once in a while see a, a clip of him when he first showed up on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson and stuff <laughs> he's a great banjo player I'm telling you what I got a banjo. <laughs> Bought it a year ago. Oh man, that's like accordion. Oh no. Yeah. They well, one of the things my com- my left thumb they doesn't say he's work a right. Computer quiz also. Oh really? Huh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, years ago something happened to my left thumb. I don't know what happened, but I was up here on the computer doing stuff, and I went down to the barn to feed the horses, and just somewhere between sitting up here. Walking downstairs, putting my coat on, going to the barn, I reached up to uh, do the snap link that, you know, holds the uh, stall door locked, and my left thumb wouldn't work right. I don't know what happened. It just stopped working within five minutes. And everything I've ever tried, I can't, that's something else I'm going to play with the Terra device on. Uh, everything I've ever tried, never, nothing has ever brought it back. So I can't, I can flex it down a little bit, but I can't raise it up. You know, I can't give the thumbs up sign with my left hand. 
because my thumb won't go any higher than horizontal. <laughs> but um, don't know what it is. But uh, one of these days, I'm going to see if I can figure out what the deal is. But that's why I got the banjo, because with a guitar, you have to be able to reach over the top um, and... Uh, Hello, Jitzer, I'm muting you again. you got to quit unmuting if you're not going to say something. you got all that stuff going on in the background. See, it's like you're pouring your Rice Krispies or something. But um, anyway, yeah, the, with a banjo, you don't have to use your thumb. Where with a guitar, guitar sometimes you, you do. What's that? With a guitar, you don't have to either. I had heard that you did, but... Well, people do it, but yeah. You don't really have to. That's cool. Well, who Pretty knows? Choice. But uh, I, I went to this place in the Smokies last year. Actually, we did a couple of years ago, too. I tried it, and I said, oh, this is kind of fun. So I went back, and I said, well, oh, might as well. You know, I, was, I had the money, so I went ahead and snatched one up. I said, if nothing else, I'll take it with me on my boat, and while I'm on a passage, I'll learn how to play or something. <laughs> but I, it hasn't been out of the case since the day I bought it. But it's just uh, it's sitting there one of these days. It's a real nice instrument. But uh, we'll see what Okay, happens. I was looking to, to ask a question. Well, go ahead. Oh, hello. Hello, Jim, this is Dave. Uh, I, I was just looking for my order for that uh, iTerra, whatever that, whatever that thing is. I sent a message through DIY uh, website uh -huh. um, the day you mentioned it, um, the day I heard you mention it. I think that was the first day you mentioned it. When the fellow was on, mm -hmm. and I uh, haven't heard anything back. Uh, maybe I need to directly email you instead. Well, the DIY site goes to me. I'm just looking through my paperwork here. See, because I print out every one I get. I'm trying to remember uh, Dave. Dave, New York. Um, uh, it would have been that day that he was on. Well, the thing to do is just to go to thzforlife.com and click on the buttons where the first one where it says get more information that takes your name email and phone number and then the next page at the bottom it says get started and that one allows you to put in the information that i need to place the order once you do that i'll get an info I'll get a thing and i'll send you an email about how you can pay for it um okay because yeah. yeah i haven't seen anything here um okay so where do i need to go um, or th can somebody type it in the chat room yeah yeah I'll, I'll put a link in the chat room here in just a sec uh oh great great thanks give me just a minute I'll hey put um it, in there. it was interesting you guys were talking about all these folks that are talking about the horrible things that are going to happen with this uh with this and and maybe some of it was set up with a jab and um i think uh, sherry tenpenny early on it seems to me she was saying that everybody who got the jab pretty much would be dying within six to nine months i did two to five do you years. recall her saying something like that two to five years two to oh okay she said two to five years yeah. yeah other people were saying six to nine months and those people were not qualified at all um, yeah there's a so. lot of folks out there that were saying different things two to five years is reasonable because the antibody dependent enhancement kicks in during that time and you know granted there will be a lot and there have been quite a few that have died you know from the, the moment they got the shot, like uh, Nurse, um, oh, what was her name? Uh, the first one that was on TV and dropped on live, live on TV. Um, but, you know, from from that to, you know. Oh, you mean Tiffany, out. Tiffany, t tip over Tiffany? Yeah, that was it, Tiffany. 
and uh, yeah, tip <laughs> Forget over. Forget her last name. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Um, but yeah, there's, uh, you have the instant effect, you have the short term and then the long term stuff, which is yet to kick in, uh, oil will be just starting here in another probably six, eight months. Um, you're going to start seeing a lot of that stuff and, you know, slowly, but surely more and more people are starting to wake up to it. And unfortunately a lot of them, it's too late. Uh, you know, unless like, I like, like yeah. we've hearing, like, like Dr. Group said with the urine thought, urine therapy, it may help. Uh, these iTera devices may help. Um, hard to say. I don't think it's uh, yeah. impossible. The, well, the, the spike protein is, is uh, a little surprised, but I think the sterilization is fully expected mm -hmm. um, from a lot of literature that has been written, things that were written in the past. Yeah. And I think it's quite stunning that they, they're saying that these people, the sterilization coming out of this is, is big and that fully fits with the guidestones. They don't need those things standing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they do. No. That's they sure. started their process big yep. time. So yeah, I don't know how to interpret that. Yeah. I will say that uh, Jeff Rents had a fellow on last night who who reviewed all the information, studied up on the Guidestones, and he hadn't followed it at all, but he's a good researcher. And he gave a nice rundown on it uh, last night in the talk. So you may find it on BitChute or Jeff may pop it up on his website for free. Hmm. Um, it's rather interesting. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it was basically, uh, he thinks that it was Bill Gates who is Mr. Christian, but that's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of surmising and putting small pieces together. But regardless, it was all funded by a group, uh, uh, beyond this guy that, you know, put the money out, did careful translations of everything, had the light going through to show the date at noon of every different day, uh, all kinds of things like this. But it was basically this this secret thing, of course, that uh, that uh, they didn't want to know anybody to know who put it up, and uh, I think he he traced it back as well to to having people do the translations who were from the United Nations, except for Chinese. Hmm. Chinese it was a local Chinese guy who did it, but all the other translations were done by UN people. That's what he said. Hmm. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it totally fits with the UN plans, eh? So. <laughs> Trying to get rid of everybody any way they can. And uh, I don't know. Okay, well, thanks a lot. No um, problem. I will. Uh, yeah, go to the, the sites in the chat in room. It's the first thing at the bottom there. And just click on the bottom buttons for the two pages, and that'll get you to the point where you can put the information in. And um, I prefer um, PayPal at this point because that's the quickest uh, turnaround on the funds. Uh, but there's other options, too, if we uh, need to. But uh, anyway. Oh, okay, very good. Thanks thank a lot. Thank you so much. All right. Okay. Going to take a look at this article here. The Church of COVID, Washington, D.C., pushing faith in vaccines program to inject churchgoers with clot shots. I'll tell you what, that's some scary crap there. I would never go to a church that is, you know, officially pushing that kind of garbage. But anyway, public health bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. are now encouraging people to put their faith in the Wuhan coronavirus COVID-19 injections through the Faith in Vaccine program. The move, incidentally, sounds familiar to the state-sanctioned cult-like behavior. The D District of Columbia Department of Health launched the program in 2021 by partnering with places of worship in the federal capital 
to host pop-up injection centers in their establishments. The program sought to convince the community that injections were safe and effective. <laughs> Wait till they start keeling over while they're singing in the choir and that kind of stuff. And provide support for residents wanting to be injected. To this end, D.C. Health partnered with the Leadership Council for Healthy Communities and the Black Coalition Against COVID. Oh, there's a new one. Black Coalition Against COVID. Now, there's one I hadn't heard of. Anyway, the whole goal of Faith in Injections is to bring injections into the community for easy access. Just what we need. Where folks feel comfortable and have confidence in the community, explained D.C. Health spokesman and uh, Dr. Angkor Shah. According to the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People's Legal Defense and Education Fund, the Faith and Vaccines Clinics are hosted at local churches where residents can receive information about the COVID-19 injection, ask questions, and be injected on-site. The program is an example of information interventions recommended by the Johns Hopkins Center for Health and Health Security to promote equity in vaccine distribution. Oh, goody. And given, you know, the, the vast, you know, the, I think, I don't know what the ratios are in D.C., but I would venture to say uh, most of the church-going public in D.C. are probably on the black uh, community. And those folks are smart enough to not want these things. I think that's why they're pushing it so much. You know, they've had their hands full with uh, Tuskegee and all the other crap that they've been, you know, throwing on them down throughout history. And and rightfully so. I don't blame it all. I'm glad they're uh, looking twice and saying, I don't think we're going to let you do it this time. <laughs> but uh, the Faith and in Injection program has been advertised, has often advertised free perks to new parishioners, such as free backpacks, old goody. And free masks to children to get who get injected with the COVID-19 clot shot at places of worship. However, faith and in injection, which centers mainly on Christian churches, now let's say uh, 501c3 ch- clubs with steeples, not churches, not Christians. Anyway, is not the first uh, religious or faith-based initiative to combat COVID-19. Back in 2020, before the injections were developed, the United Nations Children's Fund join forces with different world religions to launch the global multi-religious faith in action COVID-19 initiative. They get all these fancy titles for these things, make people think that they're part of something. A stupid movement, mostly. The initiative commenced in April of 2020, aimed to raise awareness of the impact of the pandemic on children. (laughs) Virtually zero. Uh, But they'll blow the numbers up just to scare people. The UNICEF initiative uh, related or reflected on the unique and critical roles played by religious leaders and actors. Yeah, unfortunately, people tend to listen to them, <laughs> which is not too smart when the people saying this stuff are leading or leading or the sheep, wolf and sheep clothing and influencing values, attitudes, behaviors and actions that affect the development and well-being of children. <laughs> Not children, worker bees and drones that just follow the state line. And express commitment to strengthening multi-religious actions and community mobilization in countering the pandemic. Predominantly black Washington, D.C., hounded by racial disparities and injection. Yeah, because the black people are smarter than the white people. <laughs> white people line up and just take that stupid stuff like a bunch of sheep. The black people are smart. Say, I, I see what you did to us before. <laughs> burn me once, shame on you. Burn me twice, shame on me. I'll tell you what. 
And it goes on and on and on here. Let's see. Lukewarm closed church is now opening to push. Oh, let's listen to this. This will be interesting. Uh, All right. Well, good morning and welcome to our weekly Bible prophecy update. We're so glad that you're joining with us online. I'm going to get right to it if you don't mind. And today I want to answer the why question as it relates to Christians and the Christian church being so divided, so confused, even deceived in these last days. I have to confess that I'm quite taken back by all the confusion, all the division, and especially the deception within the body of Christ today. I've shared very openly, very honestly really, about this in prior updates in particular. I think you'd agree with me that this is happening. But if you're anything like me, and I suspect that you are, what's really troubling is why it's happening. After seeking the Lord, I sensed that I was to address this matter. And I would argue that it is seemingly getting worse with each passing day, sad to say. While I realize that this is yet another sign of how close we are to the rapture of the church, it's still heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to see Christians so divided. And it's seems that Christians are fighting with everyone about everything and anything. It's interesting to note that for the last several weeks, our second service, verse by verse teaching, has sort of dovetailed into the prophecy update. But today, interestingly, it's the other way around. Instead, today's prophecy update actually dovetails into the verse-by-verse teaching in Titus today, titled, Get Your Affairs in Order. And the reason being is that we are closer to the rapture of the church than any of us even realize. So we're going to live stream. This will be at 11.15 a.m. Hawaii time in our trek through the Bible, book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And our text today will be Titus chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. Encourage you to join with us at that time. Also real quick before we get started, I want to take just a moment to update you on the website, jdfarag.org website. We are making progress, but there does remain a few hurdles that we have to overcome in order to make the site as easy as possible for you. Uh, We're also in the process of adding more features as well as all the archive teachings. And we're also uh, working on a mobile app as well. So, and also we are hoping, Lord willing, soon to have the international ministry teams, translations. This is an amazing team of brothers and sisters all over the world 
that translate the updates into other languages. And we're hoping to get that in place and on the site as soon as possible. Uh, one last thing. So last week, uh, we appreciate your patience with us. It took uh, quite a bit of time to get the actual video uploaded to the site after the live stream. We're hoping that we've resolved that today. So after the live stream ends on the jdfarag.org site, uh, it shouldn't be too long. And then that video will be available on the on-demand uh, page on the site. So again, we very much appreciate your continued patience with us. But more importantly, that you continue praying for us. Uh, as you know, the uh, prophecy updates were censored on YouTube recently. Now we only on YouTube live stream the introduction to the update and not the complete update, which is why we have the site for you for the uncensored update. Okay, let's get started. Before we uh, begin, as we always do, we do so with the Word of God. And we do this in order to establish a firm foundation as the basis. In other words, we want to go to the Word first, then what's happening in the world to connect the dots. Not go to the world and see what's happening in the world, then go to the world, uh, Word to connect the dots. That's backwards. So I would encourage you to search and examine the Scriptures for yourself, as did the Bereans in Acts 17, 11, where we're told that the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica. And we're told why. It's because they received the message with great eagerness and examined the Scriptures every day, daily, to see if what Paul said was true. So our first passage also happens to be in Acts 17, where Paul is in Athens, and he is distressed, heartbroken, to see that the city was full of idols. So what does Paul do? True to form. We love this about the Apostle Paul, right? He begins to preach to the people of Athens. And in verses 30 and 31, he says this, very interesting. Truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. And here's why. Verse 31, because He has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man, speaking of Jesus, whom He has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising Him from the dead. Our next passage is also in the book of Acts, this time back in chapter 5. I need to give you a quick backstory. I'm going to fast forward a little bit and see if we can get this guy to tell us what his point is. Familiar to most, we division. He says in verse 8, let no many others like them 
go to jdfrog.org. The link is below and of divided, confused, and has become spiritually soft and Christianity today is a mirror image of the true state of Christianity today. And it's evidenced by this article on December 11th, in which they ask, should pastors speak up about the COVID-19 vaccine? The subheading reads, with Christians split on the issue, some urge vaccination as a form of neighborly love, while others leave it up to conscience. Here are some quotes. Given the split among Christians, how should pastors engage with their congregants about the COVID-19 vaccine? Should they encourage church attenders to receive the vaccine? CT heard from five pastors about how factors like, listen to this, race, theology, and congregational makeup affect their approach to the issue. Stop right there. Excuse me? What about the Word of God? Oh no, it's race, because black lives matter. No, eternal lives matter. Oh, but we're going to make it about race. Race is going to dictate to me how I pastor my church, not I'm sorry. I asked the Lord. The Lord knows my heart. I don't want to. This explains it, though, doesn't it? Theology. I don't think that's doctrine. No, that's theory. Theology. Our interpretation. And then how about this one? Congregational makeup. You know what that means, right? We're going to Look at the demographics. Now we're going to tailor the church to the demographics. And so the congregational makeup dictates to us how we do this, and whether or not we talk about this. Sounds a lot like the church of Laodicea to me. You know the word Laodicea? Combination of two English words transliterated, laity and diocese. The laity decide and rule. This is the church in Revelation 3 that Jesus isn't even in anymore. He's knocking on the door asking to come back in. Why? Because apparently 10 Americans, 72% say that they are bothered a lot all over the world. That, of course, is geared toward our response to the 
they're no longer your enemy now. God of the Word. Simply put, truth is Jesus Christ. We've had it so good for so long. Which is why we must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. Just real quick, starting with this one from Daniel DePedro with the city engineer and mayor there, allowing them to post the tarps and poster cards in public waiting sheds, barangay halls, basketball courts, areas near public schools and churches, and even allowing them to use the city vehicle to post these ABCs of salvation around three more towns in the areas in public places. Total, to be the real deal, and they want it to work, because if you're real and it works, then they have hope. And you can give to everyone an answer of that hope that lies within you. Think about it like this. Can you just, uh, sometimes I just, I just wonder. I just wonder if he's ever going to get to the point. It's an hour and 15 long minute, minute long message. And I don't think you have through. the time. No, <laughs> I, I've, I've gotten it down to the, the one hour and 10 minute point now. And it doesn't look like he ever says one way or another, whether he's for him or against him. <laughs> or well, more if, importantly, if whether the Bible is. Keep reviewing that and see if you can find a spot where he actually gets to the point. Oh, man. Um, I've got a quick article from Real Raw News I can read. Yeah. <laughs> How quick is it? <laughs> oh, it's real quick. All right, go ahead. Only take about a minute. Uh, it turns out, uh, according to uh, Ivana Trump's longtime friend, Nikki Haskell, Ivana Trump was double backs days before she died. Mm-hmm. The former socialite and ex-wife of Donald, Donald J. Trump reportedly received a second COVID-19 booster shot and a monkeypox vaccination <laughs> as a precautionary measure in advance of a vacation to St. Tropez. Her vacation never happened because she was found dead in her New York City townhouse only a day before her scheduled excursion. Hmm, Ivana became paralyzed by fear in December 2019 as the deep state began its pandemic hysteria. She bought into the pandemic hook, line, and sinker. She was so paranoid of catching COVID that she metamorphosed uh, metamorphosized into a recluse, got all her shots, masked up, limited visitors to her home. Groceries were delivered to her door. Oh, if she boy. sneezed or coughed, a masked RN from New York Presbyterian, the city's most prestigious hospital, came right to her home to administer a COVID test. <laughs> she even quoted COVID advice from Anthony Fauci. This much was told to news outlets by Ivana's longtime friend, Nikki Haskell. Interesting. Yeah, if you could, uh, if you could uh, put a link to that in the chat room or email it to me, I would appreciate it. That's uh, rather interesting. I had a feeling that was the case. Um, and again, a lot of that, I'm sure, old uh, DJ suggested that she get it. <laughs> well, um, well, okay, I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go there. I have an ex-wife. <laughs> I did tell her. Don't get the shot. 
<laughs> but I'm sure that there's some exes out there that, that mm-hmm. would fail. <laughs> yeah, my exes, uh, I haven't talked to her about it, but my son, it's funny. Um, I got two boys, and the younger one is on his mom's side. I mean, they're they. As a matter of fact, uh, my older son is a wise young man, <laughs> and uh, he's dead set against the stuff. And he was visiting with his brother a while ago, and he nearly came to blows over it. Uh, the younger one and his mom are both got to get all the shots, got to get them all, and you're crazy if you don't. And, uh, my son, my oldest son is, you ain't sticking that crap in me. <laughs> and it's funny how the family, you know, the, it's just a complete division. Thank goodness. My different. current wife is knows better and she doesn't want anything to do with it either. But I think the rest of her family's had it. Um, you have to be, have to be careful how you talk about it. Um, I made the mistake, uh, pretty early on. I have a niece that she's in the medical support field. She's like one of the, uh, one of the health aides, whatever that, you know, they're basically the town crier for the pharmaceutical companies. <laughs> yeah. And I gave her, uh, pages and pages and pages of information very early on. And, uh, she just said, well, excuse me if I don't listen to, internet hype i have a four-year degree thank you <laughs> oh, so yeah. she's got she's got her facebook page saying if your baby mama or if your mommies if you mommies want your kids to play with my kids they'd better be vaccinated and i'd say then my kids ain't playing with your kids <laughs> I, I don't make any bones somebody says have you gotten your covert shots and I, I, my answer is, do I look like I have stupid written all over my face? You'd have to be a moron to take those things. And that's where it usually goes from there. Um, then I find out whether or not they were forward or again it <laughs> in a heartbeat. Well, I, I kind of sort of in a roundabout way without using her name made a, an anonymous post on my Facebook page kind of sort of calling her a homicidal son of a uh, something or other <laughs> and uh she blocked me on facebook and That's unleashed okay. the wrath of my daughter on me dad you can't say that uh excuse me but i believe i already have <laughs> yeah. so seriously you know but gotta be careful how you talk to them about it yeah when it comes to this kind of stuff you know I'm I'm done being Mr. Nice Guy. I say, if you want to kill yourself, you go right ahead. If you yeah, give it to your children, you're guilty of child abuse. Right, but you don't know. don't turn your Facebook page into a megaphone for all of your friends using your medical credentials to talk them or twist their arms into getting the vaccine. You know that's, that's the other what interesting I was thing. To the people that are for this crap can put all that garbage on their Facebook page like a beacon for stupidity. But the people that know the truth and really have followed the science try and say anything against this stuff, and they get shut down. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I, the only thing that, that uh, disturbs me now is she has blocked me on Facebook. I cannot look on her page because I would bet you dollars to donut holes there's at least a few comments on there. Well, I got the jab, and now I can't work anymore. <laughs> well, maybe my dad was right. <laughs> oh, they'll never say that. No. 
Yeah, she, yeah. She's an ace. I don't mean I don't even think my sister talks to me anymore because of that. But oh well. You know, I have I hardly ever talk to my sisters anyway. And uh, but if I did, you know, I wouldn't bring it up. But if they did, it would be interesting. You know, I it would not surprise me that they were both jabbed. I know my brother probably is because he's he's got Asperger's and lives in a group apartment kind of thing. So they probably yeah. stuck him with that stuff. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. But, uh, you know, if somebody brings it up, you can't come to my, you know, it's like that thing we played yesterday, you know. Well, your your sister Sarah is requiring you to be vaxxed to come to her wedding. Well, guess I'm not going. <laughs> that makes it easy. You know, I got a free Saturday afternoon that I can do something I really want to do. <laughs> and that means I don't have to send a wedding gift. That's right, by golly. If I <laughs> if if I can't come without a jab, then I guess my gift is no good either. You know, because it won't be jabbed. <laughs> right. Uh, man. Yeah, disown me right now. That's okay. Yeah. This well, is definitely going to be a divider that. for That's a lot of a lot of people, no doubt. I didn't want to interrupt. I just wanted to share that article. I did put it in the chat. I appreciate it. That's uh, I, I saw that. Thank you so much. I am uh, definitely going to grab that puppy and hang on to it. I had when I first. I didn't even know about it. Somebody mentioned it the other day when I was out at dinner. I said, "I bet you got the jabs." Well, how do you know that? I said, "Because <laughs> her husband's been pushing them. She probably got them too, and uh, you know, wouldn't surprise me a bit." Well, okay, now just, uh, you know, in all, in the interest of uh, full disclosure, Real Raw News is also the website that is saying that all of these guys that are walking around are clones and that the real guys have already been tried at Gitmo and Hong. Yeah. So just full disclosure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they're, they're, Michael Baxter is the writer of this thing. Former socialized, oh, ex-wife of Donald Trump. Yeah, ex-wife. Oh. Now, what's his current wife's name? Um, Melania, that's it. That's yeah, it. Melania. I was thinking it was her. I, I, I forgot her name. Okay, Ivana. First I heard it, I thought it was Ivanka. I said, well, that would be interesting. Old Jared Kushner would be out in the cold then, maybe. But, uh, okay, this is his ex. Hmm. Interesting. That's why she wasn't at Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Got a man's wristwatch on. That's interesting. Hmm. Yeah, she's the mother of the three kids. Yeah, you know, okay. Kids. Ivanka and yeah. Don Jr. Junior and Eric. And, Eric. Mm-hmm. and then Melania is the mother of, um, uh, what's his job? Baron. 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 Baron von Trump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, now I got it straight. Hmm. I was wondering where that came from. Yeah, okay, Yvonne, I, I, I knew that that name was, it was one that I thought was part of the mix, but somehow couldn't remember how. But, uh, hmm, yeah, so she was a real paranoid person. Can't get it. Well, living in New York, that tells you a lot, too. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that she was jabbed. If, if it is, in fact, true, you know, it would be interesting to, see if he gives any kind of documentation or proof of this, but I'll have to read it over again. But it would not surprise me. I was going to mention real quick, Jim, for mm-hmm. you to, on your thumb, use your halo. 
light, you know, on it where it's hung and hurting. Do what now? I said, use your halo light on your thumb where you were talking about. Oh, my thumb. thumb. Yeah, because, I mean, it's helped my. Uh, it doesn't hurt. Finger. It just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, just just run that light on it to three times a day for a little while because it's, it's done wonders for my arthritic fingers. Yeah, I'll have to try that. I've been using it just close to it. I've been on my wrist, but um, I'll have to try it up there. It just dawned on me this mm -hmm. morning about that. Yeah. But who knows? It'll be interesting to Until see. We get the Terra deal, but it, it's it's really, that's the first thing, one of the first things that helped with my arthritic uh, fingers and my knuckle and stuff. Hmm. I couldn't even grip my, close my hand hardly. Oh, really? On my right hand, yeah. Or even open the door and hmm. stuff. And it, it's not all gone, but it is a whole lot better. Well, that's cool. So I'm hoping the, the Terra hurts deal will knock the rest of it out but i mean that it's made a big difference the halo cool. has with that so I worth a try yeah. can't hurt mm -hmm. yep i've been uh putting it in my dog's water and all that good stuff all the water i drink my coffee water all that but uh even uh even the water that goes in my vaporizer at night all gets hit with that but let's see here. I don't know if there's anything else in the snooze. <laughs> the end of meat. Dutch green policies force dairy farmer to call 95% of his herd. That's baloney. I'll tell you what. Man. I uh, just for the fun of it. Let's see here. Poor old cow sitting there. New environmental regulations in the Netherlands threaten to decimate the country's cattle industry. One dairy farmer by the name of Martin Wu Napelenbroek says the government expects him to cull his herd by 95%, leaving him with too few head to survive. I can't run a farm on 5%, uh, the guy stated in a July 7th interview with Epic Times. Napelenbroek uh, said the new green rules will f probably force him to sell his family farm. That is, if anyone's willing to buy it. Yeah, that's the thing. Who's going to come in and buy it now? <laughs> uh, you have to get some real estate developer in view, uh, or Bill Gates. <laughs> in view of the regulations, I can't sell it to anybody, he laments. Nobody wants to buy it. The government uh, wants to buy it, and that's why they have those regulations, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Epic TV's Roman Belnikov, host of Facts Matter, took a trip to the Netherlands recently to see for himself the situation. Then he spoke to Nepplenbrook about how the new rules are affecting him. Dutch Minister of Nature and Nitrogen Policy, Christian van Delmar, uh, could seize property of farmers who don't comply with herd depopulation demands. One very small silver lining in all this is that not every farm faces the same restrictions as Nephilim Brooks. Others, depending on the situation, may be allowed to keep a larger percentage of their herd. Oh, isn't that nice? They'll be allowed to keep it. People living further from areas protected under Natura 2000, a European Union agreement for species and habitat preservation, can own more cattle, the Times reported. 
That's because the Dutch government's regulations on nitrogen oxides and ammonia emissions are tied to sites' proximity to those protected areas. Even so, the new rules are ridiculous and unscientific. Mankind has been raising cattle since the beginning of time without issue. But all of a sudden, we're supposed to believe that most cows need to die in order to stop the planet from warming. Yeah. Let's kill all the global warming people and see what happens. I bet everything will cool off then. (laughs) Even in an already green economy like the one the, uh, the Netherlands currently has, citizens are starting to realize that the climate change narrative they have been fed throughout their lives is a ploy to eliminate meat, strangle the economy, and ultimately depopulate their country and the world. Hey, Jim, yeah. I want to inject something you'll find interesting. I'll bet you don't know. Uh, probably that not. That gal that is the uh, nitrogen nature director, uh-huh. her brother owns the largest online shopping grocery store in the country of the Netherlands. Really? <laughs> and guess who ponied up $600 million to his company last year? Uh, probably Bill Gates or Charles. Bingo, ding, 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 head of the line. (laughs) Oh, man, it just never ends. I know. I just had to add that. I'll see you later. (laughs) Thanks, Roger. I appreciate it. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You know, know, what goes around comes around. I just, you know, one of these days, uh, I'm not going to say anything because if it happens, then I would be a suspect. (laughs) Oh, man. But some crazy crap going on. Very crazy. Uh, And I don't even know what I just did my... Oh, there it is. Um, Boom, 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 boom. Where where was I? According to reports... Yeah, according to reports, Dutch farmers who refused to comply with the new rules could see their property seized by Christian van der Waal, the country's Minister of Nature and Nitrogen Policy, a title that in and of itself is ridiculous. There's not a future for all there's not a future for all Dutch farmers, warned the Dutch government. Naplenbrook's seventy plus acre property is currently home to just 130 milking cows. It has been in his family for half a century, but now is slated for destruction at the hands of the greenies. I'm a second gener I'm the second generation, he says. Keep in mind that the Netherlands, despite its relatively small size, is a major producer of food and other agricultural products. The country is currently one of the world's top ten food exporters, having ideal climate conditions for a variety of agricultural outputs. It's a delta and the climate is not too hot, not too cold, Naplinbrook says. It's an ideal place to grow. You can't blame just one small group in our country for polluting the environment, he adds, referring to the farmers who are merely doing something that farmers have been doing for thousands of years, growing and raising food for human consumption. It's just one more thing they're doing to starve people out and kill off the, uh, the useless eaters. And unfortunately, the really useless eaters are the ones that are setting all these policies, and they're the ones that need to be dealt with. And for some reason, it's just not happening. Maybe it's kind of yeah, it's kind of interesting that uh, uh, people are saying that these these the powers that be are reptilian, and um, while they're blowing up our food producers, they're going into overdrive manufacturing plants that are. Uh, producing 
bug-based Yeah, food. getting everybody to eat bugs, which... <laughs> there you go. Mealworms, that's the ticket. Purely by virtue of the fact that you are what you eat, I am not touching that shit. Yep. Oh, well, yeah, I, I saw that thing yesterday. I'm Nicole Kidman, and I'm going to have a four-course meal of bugs. Knock yourself out, you idiot. <laughs> You know, I it. used to like Nicole Kidman, but you know she's a Hollywood type, so she's brainless and just an actor. But anyway, that's it for today. We are pretty much out of time. Appreciate everybody hanging in there and uh, doing whatever. Um, uh, Andrew Carrington Hitchcock will be up next, and uh, that's it for us. Take care of your bodies because it's the only place you have to live, and we'll see you all tomorrow. Uh, Mike Gaddy will be with us. Don't know what he's planning on talking about, but I know it'll be good. So be there or be square. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great one. Take care and God bless.